Hello and welcome to In the Weeds. We're recording live from the Picky Weeds Esoteric Occult Boutique, located just south of Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, in beautiful South Abington Township. Picky Weeds is the largest and most diverse boutique of its kind in Northeast Pennsylvania, with an increasingly wide variety of items for many traditions. In addition to items for sale, Picky Weeds hosts a wide variety of classes, events, and community-driven gatherings throughout the year. Picky Weeds is located at 105 Layton Road, South Abington Township, PA. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. More information can be found at www.pickyweeds.com. That's P-I-C-K-E-Y-W-E-E-D-Z.com or on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. In the Weeds is the official podcast for Picky Weeds, where we strive to bring the community together with topics of interest, guest speakers, and informative discussions to benefit the entire community. If you'd like to be a guest speaker, either live or remote call-in, please visit www.pickyweeds.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, find In the Weeds podcast guest application, click it, Copy and paste the text into an email with your contact information and send it to us at pickyweeds at gmail.com. Now, now let's, let's get, get in, in the, weeds. the weeds. Hey guys, welcome to Goodness Gracious 2024 Season 2 Episode 1. And we're here today with Mark Stavish. Mark is the director of the Institute for Hermetic Studies and he's quite a prolific author. How are you doing today, Mark? Great. Uh, thanks for the invite, and Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Let's hope it's better. <laughs> <laughs> so last night, Mark, we were reading through the Agrippa Book 3. Um, it's the Black Letter Press um, edition of the Agrippa. Mm-hmm. And, God, it's really good. Um, but we, I ran across some stuff, and I read. I was remembering back in our literature class, reading the sacred and the profane, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how to know the difference between what is sacred and what is what is it, and how humans tend to profane it. And I found myself in a quandary last night because how do we as humans, um, how do we avoid making sacred profane and agrippa was talking about um you know the quotes about pearls before swine all that stuff and not discussing the sacred with the profane and the vulgar how do we tend to know what is vulgar mark and how do we know we're not being prejudicial what do you do there how do you how do you broach that well that's always been uh kind of a perennial question and it has to do with this notion of what were the sacred mysteries and uh, even if we take the word sacred out of it and we just look at what are the mysteries what is the unknown Uh, what is there the thing which is to be revealed or understood on some fashion we see that in the classical period almost every field of learning fell under that domain and when we move out of tradition and traditionalism into the modern era, we have an understanding or belief that everyone should, and should is a moral imperative, uh, have access to pretty much whatever they want. 
Yeah, that seems to be a problem, though. Well, and, and it is because it doesn't mean you're ready for it. Right. Now, for example, back in the 30s, you could go to the gun store and you could buy a machine gun if you wanted. Well, that's all right. No federal firearms license, none of that stuff. Just walk in yeah. and buy it. Yeah. Now, was that a problem? Probably not because how many people could afford one? Right. Yet now we have all sorts of, uh, you know, conniptions that people have over, over buying just about anything that even resembles a gun. Yeah. So this notion of what is acceptable and unacceptable is a really uh, very relative position. I hear now, that. The same, is, the same is true now when we move into areas of learning. So the areas of learning require a fundamental basis or preliminary instruction. So if you're going to learn uh, masonry or carpentry, the building trades, which are considered part of the ancient mysteries, you had to have a fundamental understanding of mathematics. And that's why mathematics is a key part of any of the sacred geometries and numerologies. So when we look at this, we have to ask, what are we preparing people for? And we, we live in a period now where it is so easy to get just about any information we want that we forget that it has a context. It has to fit in somewhere. Right. And we've talked about this at length in other broadcasts, but this is really where things either, quite literally, either come together and congeal into a useful whole or they fall apart. I think people become taxed by it. Like there's way, it's like um, the analogy that when you go into a store that has 30 different lotions, you know, and you leave completely vexed and didn't know which one to choose. I think that's kind of the the point we come to in, you know, accessing what is supposed to be the sacred teaching. You know, where does a person start? And most people want, I don't know, I, don't, I, I hate to say most people, but most people want the, you know, the, the pizzazz, the Harry Potter, the bang bang, you know, the the bright and shiny. The bang bang? The bang bang. <laughs> they want the bang bang from the fingertips, the bang bang. Um, so it's, it's really hard to know um, how to get a person um, where they need to start and keep them interested. So how do you guys approach it at the Hermetic Institute? How do you keep a student engaged? Well, and that's always the big question. We have this all. This is a discussion we have quite frequently with the board members, and it, it's not. You know, at some point we just say it's not our responsibility. I feel that. I mean, we, yeah. We 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 offer courses. We offer a good set of courses. We offer support. We offer all sorts of things. Uh, however, it's really up to the individual to decide how much engagement they want. Now, we do reach out and we encourage certain activities and things, but, but it's not, well, first of all, it's distance learning for most folks. You know, it's not the same as having what we'll call local community. And, and you've heard me get on the soapbox about the importance of local community often for Absolutely. one of these reasons. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have a sense of connectivity, and, and we can put this whole discussion of egregores or egregores aside, okay? That's that's important, but not critical. You know, how does someone stay inspired is the word. Exactly. How does someone stay inspired on this path 
or whatever path they pick. And, and that's going to depend upon what the choices are and really, quite honestly, the type of person they are. And when I say type of person, I mean, uh, you know, could be like your standard Myers-Briggs personality test or, you know, are they more, uh, what are they more attracted to? And, and this causes a considerable amount of bias and bias in a, in a, in a, in a, in a negative way. Like in the beginning, our bias is helpful because it helps us move in a direction, it helps us get in. But if we, we stay too much towards a bias, um, then we can really become very imbalanced. One of the things that we, we face now is, uh, there's a little, just so you know, there's a little uh, reverb or background noise I, I can hear. Um, one of the problems we face now is that there's just too many artists involved. Yes. You know, there's not enough genuine intellectual capacity. Right. That is the, where you can use your mind to understand cause and effect. You know, and, and you can tell this right now on a social level. You know, if someone comes up to me and says 2 plus 2 equals 5, no, it's 4. You know, if someone says to me, I identify as a woman and I'm going to play in female, women's sports, well, that's just wrong. Yeah. You have men, the, the genetics of men and upper body strength says you're not a woman and you're stronger. And, and the unwillingness of many in the occult community to step up and be honest about these basic physical measurable realities is fundamentally one of the problems. Now, so, you know, what you want to do in your private life is one thing, but when you ask me to say to you in, your, in the public life, yeah. Two plus two can equal five under some circumstances. You know what? We, we are no longer capable of moving on the path because your, your intellectual capacity is stunted. And see, here's the, here's the thing there, too. And let me be clear on this. The cowardice, which is the emotional and in, in ego structure, the cowardice of too many in the, in the community to just be honest about this, also stunts or eliminates any further progress. So do you think it is the unwillingness, the cowardice is from the unwillingness to offend? Well, that's been what they've been indoctrinated with for about 20, 25 years now. I mean, I see so many people who qualify everything with, you know, it used to be the joke, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or no offense. But now it's become uh, just an unwillingness to say anything. Yeah. Uh, because, well, well, the reason is, you have been told that you are responsible for the emotional responses of others. And, and as I, I used to tell my kids, well, look, at, if I could control your emotions that well, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And I think, too, and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, that the reason that we have so much trouble now is because unlike us and the previous generations, uh, they weren't raised with a, a religious upbringing. It's, you see a lot of people coming from a more agnostic, atheistic, and so I think we have trouble kind of understanding one another and coalescing that way. Does that make sense? Well, that's a huge issue and uh, one that comes up frequently because you see a variety of bifurcations going on. And many people who I've spoken to uh, 
really came to their esoteric practices by way of a strong religious upbringing. Exactly. Now, around here, northeastern Pennsylvania at one time, and it's still to some degree, but not as much by any stretch, that primarily meant Roman Catholicism. So you were able to see people moving out of that into other areas, most of them going into some form of uh, psychic research, psychism, uh, formal studies, but also into some degrees of, of Wicca, maybe even Buddhism. Yeah, you, you see even a lot see that people. at Marywood, too. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, well, that's that's hardly, as, as friends of mine have taught that these schools said, they're, they're hardly even Catholic. Yeah. And, and as one good friend said, uh, he got out at the right time because he said, now, when I started teaching, um, he could teach a course. And this is really important. This is critical. When, when I started teaching, I could teach a course on basic Christianity. Uh, I could even teach, teach a course on uh, comparative. He goes, when, I'm le- when I left, when I retired, I couldn't do that anymore because even though it's a, a, a supposedly a Catholic school, it's marginal at best because the folks coming in, the students coming in, didn't even have Sunday school level understanding of Catholicism. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. And I have trouble describing the sacred to those folks. Like, they look at me like I have nine heads. Like, what I'm saying, you know, is not rational. That sacred experience, they just don't. They don't get it. They've never had any experience of that moment when the the DMT actually, you know, the shows itself. Experience. Yeah, the religious yeah. experience, and it, they, they've never had that, and so they don't think it exists. Right, or they look for it in uh, chemical stimulation, yes. exactly psychotropics. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. confuse the two. Yes. Yeah. I so, want, want to, well, just to, to to further go on that, one of the the big issues is. Uh, then you have a a notion that pops up that it's fundamentally all relative, and also that um, they conf- <laughs> they confuse they confuse emotions and feelings with intuition. You see that a lot. You you and and you see the use of the most ridiculous phrase ever, my truth. Yeah. I thought you were going to say manifesting. It's not my truth. I mean, it goes back, to, and, it, and you see that also in pop culture. We saw that with the Me Too movement where it says, believe the victim. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is you've already decided that there's a victim. Yeah. You know, and, and this, and, and, and really, you can tell I don't care if I offend anyone here. No, oh, yeah. but you're not trying this, to offend. You just, yeah, yeah. I just don't care. Yeah, you're just because John <laughs> is dying. You, you have to understand words. Yes, exactly. When, when yeah. we don't understand the structure of language, then we can't move forward on the path. And if you look at the classical, the classical studies, uh, before you would even begin these studies at some point, you would have had a fairly good education, and at least in the West, in what we call the several liberal arts and sciences, of which logic and rhetoric were critical. Yes, I've, I've said that recently. They don't teach it anymore. So, so, so that inability to be logical and to have rhetoric, that is the ability to communicate in an effective manner, meaning understanding the structure of language or thought. We're talking about understanding the structure of thought here. 
So you want to go in and develop your psychic powers, but you don't even understand the nature of your own mind and how it works. Mm-hmm. That's going to be kind of an impossible task, don't you think? You know, well, not only impossible, but a recipe for problems. Yeah. And here's the problem. I think I think I remember when this happened is when um, emotional intelligence became the standard over actual intelligence. Do you remember that movement? Oh, well, I just had that uh, a couple of days ago on what, some posts I had about, uh, you know, the problem. If, if, you know, if you want to, I said actual intelligence, that is IQ, which is based on language and number. Uh, well, that doesn't matter. Well, it sure does if you want to have a technological society. It does. It absolutely does. Now, emotional intelligence is great for getting people organized, maybe getting things done. And you look at a fellow like Dwight D. Eisenhower, General Eisenhower, President Eisenhower. He had a spectacular level of emotional intelligence because he could organize all these diverse groups. I mean, people who were really not getting, despite being in the middle of a war, were not getting along well with each other. And he was able to to move them forward. But he also had a high level of what we'll call standard IQ as well. Uh, so when we focus on emotions over reason, we get what we get. So when you look at the path, when you look at the nature of the mind, the mind has an emotional component to it. It has a sensory or what we'll call physical stimulatory component to it. Uh, and I, I'm kind of being general here with, within the fr- formation of yoga. It has an identifier or ego. That is what I identify with component to it. And, and it has a intellectual or reasoning if-then component to it. And that if-then component, if you look at the traditional studies, was the thing which you see in the tantras, in Taoism, in alchemy, in Kabbalah. This is the one they're saying you have to develop. Yes, no, I understand that, because otherwise what we have, um, we don't have an intelligentsia in society anymore. What we have is a consumer society, a drone society. Right, and, and we've we've done that with, uh, I mean, look, back in the day it was great, okay? You, you didn't have a lot to pick from, but you, you had more, and it was fun. But we, we've sometime in the, I don't know, maybe late 90s, early 2000s, we started moving into the Spell of the, spell of the Month Club. And, and, and that yeah. was a part of... See, that's the problem with a culture. As a cultism moves into the popular culture... It's no longer a cult, though. <laughs> well, it, it's know? no longer... It, it right, loses it's that. No, it is, though, because the, the, the best parts of it are still hidden. Because yeah. They're not seeking that. But I'm, so, I'm talking about yeah. this whole movement is not a cult. It's more of a no, new age. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's a pop culture that you've seen often. It, it's happened quite a few times in history at different times. But, but then it has to be sustained. And when you develop a publishing house around a theme... Yeah. Yeah, you can't just publish fifty great books and rest on them. Now you have to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. And there's so, the pickle. <laughs> and there's the and there and you know that there's the pickle. Yeah, I, and it is, it is, and the the hardest thing in in being in business, I think, is trying to explain to someone why what you're trying to do is an advanced concept and not something that you read on on a meme. You know, it's it's more than that. It's so much deeper, and there's so much more attached to it and affiliated with it that can be adversely affected should you work this little piece of spell work. 
you know, that there are ramifications. There's, you know, how do you explain this to these these folks and make them understand that I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to be harsh on you. There's just a starting point and you're jumping in at the deep end. Hey, I'd even say I am judging you. It's okay. <laughs> because we, we have to we have to use judgment. Judgment oh, yeah. is a rational decision. It's uh you know, you, you, you go to uh you go to a competition, and uh, we're going to have uh, the local bake-off, and uh, you're going to take your pie or your cookies or your whatever it is, or your home meat, and you're going to go down, and you're going to say which one is better than the others based on a set of criteria. Yeah. And this is what we've, we've, we've decided doesn't matter anymore. What is criteria? And if you don't have criteria, what we're saying is you don't have guiding principles. Right. No, that's perfectly said. That's well stated. Guiding so principles. Okay. I like that, Mark. Hey, yeah. look. Yeah. My, my martial arts teacher never judged me. He just gave me a black belt. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Ours was more like, I'll teach you chain punching. Come here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, I, then I can't understand why I got beat up. Yeah, right. Thank you. So if you're afraid of being judged, if you're afraid of then... Uh, and, and what we what we say by judgment is, uh, you know, some kind of excessive or uh, unproductive. Now you're talking about bullying, and I don't think people know the difference anymore. They don't. It, it it just seems that everything is bullying, and it's not. It's not. It's just it's choice, you know, and it's it's logic, and it's, it's I don't know. I'm just so frustrated by it. I don't even know where to stand there. Um, it's well, just, it's going to it's going to turn around because these things are cyclical, and and you're seeing it ever so slowly. Um, whereas, I mean, the the, be- the beginning of it is what we see going on at Harvard. You know, where the president of Harvard. Oh, I uh, saw that. Get, you know, I mean, she was incapable for the job, and she never been hired. But you know, no, she doesn't have a book to her name, and only six or seven articles and plagiarism is her out. Oh. So she, so she steps down rather than be fired. They probably said step down because we don't have to fire you because we can't afford to lose any more donors. Right. But the problem is, is the whole modern, a uh, large swath of the modern esoteric and spiritual movement is so deeply embedded in that political vision, and it's a political vision that that they failed to gra- too many of them failed to grasp. But I think uh, it's dangerous, the, Mark. And I don't think oh, they is. see that. I don't think they see the pitfall of the cancel culture and what that means towards what they'll lose as an end result of that whole that whole political mindset, that ideology, that if we keep plowing away at this cancel culture, pretty soon not one of us is going to have a voice. Not one and of us is going to have a right to say anything. Well, that's the goal. The problem is we have too many people who are just, they don't have a sense of history. Remember, the, the, they've been told history by memes, they've been told history by uh, Hollywood stories. Uh, they 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 look at uh, docudram not docudramas. I think here's a good example. There's a wonderful docudrama that I really encourage all of the listeners to watch on Netflix. I think it's Netflix called Wormwood, and it's about uh, the death of I believe his name was Doctor Olson, who was probably assassinated. I doubt whether he fell out that window. Uh, 
in New York in the 60s and was part of the CIA program. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, I know what you're talking the, the, about. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the mind control program. Yeah, yeah. 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 MK and Ultra. MK Ultra is part Dang of that. It, yeah. now, that was, now, that was a huge program, by yes, the way. That was massive. Absolutely. Now, the, the problem is with that documentary, and it's really well done. It's a docudrama. They dramatize sections, and it's really well done. The problem is if you watch that, you're going to come away thinking that Olsen had clean hands. <laughs> now, Isn't now, that funny how they're sainted after they're gone? They're sainted after they're gone. <laughs> now, and, and the reason is that if you, if you know enough, if you have real knowledge, and that's a deep dive, by the way, a fairly deep dive, if you look at, say, the information of who he would have been working with through Operation Paperclip and why he was going to Europe so much, you realize that the people he was dealing with there, they didn't have clean hands. And we know who they were because we can look them up. The Germans kept excellent records. Oh, yeah. So this is part of the problem is people get a, a touch of history from media, and then they don't know where to follow it up. And this is and, – and when they do, a lot of the historical revision that's going on – I mean, the big problem now is when we look to the future, and, and I know people like to talk about that this time of year – is what you've seen is a wholesale attack, and here's this is kind of the irony, a wholesale attack on Western civilization is going on. Oh, yeah. And it's been going on for quite a while, but it's going to culminate fairly soon in, in a breaking point. And if Western civilization, which is this really profound technological civilization, but also from it really the sense now not pure or perfect by any stretch but the sense of both democratic and republican principles meaning that individuals get to vote and have a say that's the democracy part and representative government is the other hence the term representative or republic okay if because the united states is not a democracy kid no it's a republic, it's a republic. Okay, yeah. so if if that collapses, and and there's a good chance it will, uh, you can just say goodbye to this whole idea of spirituality and progress because uh, it's not going to be quite game over, but without a sense of history, it's pretty close. So when you see these wholesale attacks on, on Western civilization uh, and, and what it has brought us, uh, you have to put it contextually to, okay, now what are the options? Okay, so maybe that's true or maybe it isn't, but what, what are the other choices here? Right. Uh, and, and if you look around the world, I mean, the one thing you, you, you don't want to be, uh, you certainly don't want to be, under Chinese influence or rulership. Just ask the Tibetans. Right. So this, this uh, we have to begin to look at our spiritual practices contextually. That is, what do we want from them? What do we bring to it? 
how well can we form local groups and get along and progress? Then, and only then, looking at, say, what, if any, impact does this have in a positive way on the community? And, and that doesn't have to be in a, in a, a visible way meaning where you're you're going out and uh, your coven is going out and, and dropping food off at the food bank or something like that or we're getting involved in marches what is the what is the positive effect you can have on your community from behind the veil right not being not being involved directly but you have to at least have a community to begin with so you have to if you're not involved in some kind of effective spiritual group start one and as it as you run into trouble, stop and recognize why, and fix it, and fix yourself in the process. So I think we have to. I think the biggest challenge for us, especially in the West, is learning that one dissenting one dissenting opinion should not break an entire relationship. And and previously it didn't because you didn't have a lot of people pick from you were depend there was an interdependency to some degree on one another no there still is but people just don't recognize well, it. they have a tendency to view people as disposable mm-hmm. you know, correct you don't fit our box so get out yeah or right you're not allowed to speak you know because you have a, an opinion that doesn't fit the uh current zeitgeist or whatever mm-hmm. you know you have to follow the rules or get canceled or follow the rules or oh good god it's just it's frustrating it's, well, well, and, and whenever that happens, you just ask someone, well, that's a nice idea, but when has that ever worked? Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. What, what, is, what is the, well, because you have to follow, and this is for the listeners too, they really should uh, pay close attention here, that, uh, you know, if you want to solve a problem, you have to not personalize it. Make it about a person. Thank you. Yeah. You, you have to not emotionalize it. Make it about feelings because feelings are subjective. I can't tell what, how you feel or be responsible for them. Nor can you make it about extremes. You know? Which seems and, to be uh, the tendency. It really does. Well, that, that's yeah. right. The, the, what you have to make it about is outcomes. Focusing on what is the outcome I'm after. And a really good book is People in Quandaries by Wendell Johnson. And even if you don't read the whole thing, uh, it's about general semantics and the power of language. And, and even, which should be important to people wanting to cast spells, because that's all about language. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, if, you, if you really want to just read the first chapter or two, because we have to teach people how to think again, how to solve problems. Otherwise, doing ritual work is just going to increase their problems. Yes, oh my God. So do you think that's where Agrippa was, was leading to when he was uh, referencing, and not just you know him, but him quoting others like Plato, uh, talking about the vulgar? Yeah, because you know, what are you capable of doing? You see, we don't. Th- we we have the uh, in the in the West, we have developed this notion of egalitarianism, and it's a lie. Yes. And uh, we we like to say things, throwaway phrases that aren't decontextualized, and that's important. Constantly decontextualizing. You know, when um, Swami Vivekananda 
stood in front of his students in the West and said, or even in India, and said, uh, each of you has this spark and each of you is capable of this, whatever this happens to be. You know, he was talking to well-informed, educated people. So when we talk about the potentiality of profound realization, and we say everyone has that in them, it's true, but it's not going to be actualized. And, 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 and again, sometimes we have to go to an extreme to, to illustrate that. You know, when I worked with retarded adults, developmentally disabled adults, many of them were very nice, but they were stuck at about a seven, eighth-year-old level. So their capacity was clearly limited. When you work with someone who's maybe in their teens and 20s but spends their time strapped to a wheelchair screaming, yeah. yeah, because their neurological development has been so impaired or disabled, you know, they're not going to come by and give you, you know, answers to physics questions. No. And and we have to begin to get more realistic about what do we mean by everyone. Everyone is not true. And and that's what the mysteries recognize that you had to have a certain capacity. Now, you can develop your capacity. That's the beauty of it. You know, as I say, I'm a lot smarter now than I was in my 20s. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I don't even recognize that person. Anymore. I don't either. Oh, my God. Well, and and that's, be that's because you're using your brain and your mind to enhance your capacity, your, right. your, your abilities. Um, so there's progress in that regard. However, we when we talk about throwing pearls before swine, it's also... You know, for, for you to learn geometry, trigonometry, calculus, it would be a waste of time to have Albert Einstein as your math teacher. Right. Yeah. Right. Not you, ready you don't have, yeah. you, you don't. You don't have a right to that level of instruction. You have no right to that. And we get people all the time that walk in the store and want that level of information but don't possess the capacity to understand it. Or how that's it works, or why it works, and and that's where the teacher is your judge. Yeah. If if you were to go to Tibetan Buddhism or any of the other schools, they recognize that there's basically three levels of student. There's four types of people, three levels of student. Notice one person isn't even a student; they're not capable. Hmm. Yeah. And that that flies in the face of our our idea of egalitarianism. But we need so, those people too, Mark, and that's where we've lost that. That's right. Each so you to look his at, own, you know. It's each to their own and to what they're capable of, and we're telling people they're capable of things. And, and this goes into the future too. Okay, you're you're old enough to remember, which is the the point is there's when we cease to remember, we die. Exactly. Mem okay, memory, wakefulness, and life are the same thing. Death, sleep, and forgetfulness are the same thing. Initiation is to awaken memory, wakefulness, and life. So when they were moving all these jobs with globalism, the beginnings of globalism, which had many good benefits, that's why you couldn't afford cheap crap from China, you know, to, to, to 
to put on your altar now. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're laughing because oh. you know. <laughs> People in, in 20- stop with Timu. Come on, really? <laughs> in, 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 in 2005, I wrote an article saying, you know, the irony of buying all this Tibet, uh, Tibetan statues made by in China. Did yeah. you get that, guys? Oh, oh my irony? God. Yeah. I mean, really? So when, when globalism starts and we see massive increase in, in offshoring, what happened is the response was, well, learn to code. Remember that? Learn to code. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was everywhere. Like that was going to fix everything. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Well, maybe not everybody's capable of coding. Right. Maybe not everybody wants to code. That requires extreme attention to detail. Trust me. Right. And and maybe you're just, you don't have that capacity. But you do have a really good capacity for using your hands and making stuff. And the machine shop, which requires a, a, a strong I mean, you got to be like a Virgo to work in one of those places. Hi. <laughs> hi, hi, Virgo. Right. Very, very precise, very visually oriented, very good at stuff. But, you know, but maybe, again, code isn't for you. So play to your strengths, basically. Yes. That's it. You got to play to your strengths. And people don't know what their strengths are because they, they've been told, well, you can do it. No, you can't do anything. And we need them in the worst way, and they don't realize how needed and how actually valuable they are. Uh, trade schools are absolutely begging for students, and it's oh. it's because there's nobody to do the work. And if you live in this area, you know what I'm speaking of. You can't get anybody to come do the damn work. And when they do, that's shitty. Yeah, it's it's or show up or even call you back. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't even want to go down that road. <laughs> 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 Slippery slope but, but, there, huh? Yeah, but but it's 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 indicative of this notion that we that uh, ideas were put forth that were fundamentally false, and those ideas were built around the idea. Remember, we're talking here the repetition of the word ideas here. Yes. Yeah. Images, thought forms, archetypes. That you know the archetype is great until it comes in contact with reality. And, and this is one of the, this is, brick wall. Yeah. This, well, this is a conversation I had with uh, the fellow who runs Sixty Skills, okay, Bob Smith, and and he was saying how you know when you when you contact when he contacted these different archetypal entities on a, on an abstract level, and like for example, I think the one we discussed was uh, Phoenician. Uh, I think so. On an abstract level, it was really kind of cool. It was very nice and very pleasant. But as it moves down closer and closer to tangible terra firma, it, it gets very, very different. And the joke, the, jo- the joke was, on the archetypal level, it's like, oh, well, this is what you do. Okay, well, that's fine. When you when you move that relationship through the psychic dimensions to closer to physical reality it's always you know how do you charge that oh you gotta bathe it in the blood of six slaves or something Ah, (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) it's like oh okay well that's not gonna work too well for us john knows that very well he put the kibosh on me for my yule production he was like you can't share that people will think we sacrifice things i was like oh my god So you think that's that's what he's talking about with the vulgars? Maybe people that are are trying to work outside their their station or their strengths or their wheelhouse, or trying yeah. to skip ahead. It's it's not exactly. a, not a commentary on their uh, appearance or background so much as their, or their worthiness capabilities as a or potential. Yeah. 
Well, that, and that was very clear. I mean, if you if you look at the uh, the teachings within uh, the Buddhas, uh, they are very clear uh, that everyone had potential, but you had to have the right teaching for the skill. If you look at the New Testament, Jesus says, uh, "To you I give strong meat and milk. To those I give, uh, or to strong meat, to those I give milk." You know that he, he didn't teach what he taught in private is clearly alluded to as being very different than what was taught publicly. So that yes. was my that was my conundrum. Was there's a lot of things I, we don't talk about that are private practice that are you know you just don't you profane it by talking about it. Um, and then people get really angry with you that you won't discuss it with them. How do you broach that at the institute? Because you know, you know what I'm saying. There are certain there are certain levels of practice within the institute that are sacred, and they're only to be shared with the initiates. Well, we we don't particularly have initiatic structure here, but it's really very simple. We let you self-select. Look, we put everything out there. If you don't want to, if you don't want to show up, you've already taken yourself out of the equation. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, you know, I, I, we have a teacher training program. Now that was open to anyone. <clears throat> but if you decided you didn't want to participate in that, then don't tell me that we're not sharing with you uh, the the deeper secrets that we have it. We have them on recording. You just didn't show up. Wow. Yeah. No, I like that. And, and and that's really you see that even in the, the notion of self secret, when when the Vajrayana came to the West, there's a discussion of what is secret, what isn't, and and uh, people understand these some of these Vajrayana empowerments were done for thousands of people. When, when privately they might only be done in a very well, they also had a structure for it too. They had a structure and a community and and, and the wealth, relative wealth to to do them in, in the big form. But they would say, um, why do you give this so freely? And he says, look, if you don't have the capacity, you're not going to do anything. Same thing with Jean Dubuis. He said, you know, we just teach what we teach. If you don't have the capacity, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. So it's, self, yeah. it's called yeah. self-secret. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. So you'll hit a stopping point. Yeah. And you'll know you've met, you've met that level which, with which you're just, that's it. You're, you're done. <laughs> or at least you're done until you find out what you need to do to move on to the next level. Until you grow and, and a little I, bit. Yeah. Right. And, and it's like anything. It's like weightlifting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't start with a 500-pound squat? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I know we talked about the importance of faith and the importance of belief in what you're doing. Um, and a lot of ceremonial, a lot of you know, it's based in kind of a, an Abrahamic point of view. Um, what about if you are more pagan or polytheistic, can you still utilize the things taught in Agrippa and other classical works and apply it that way? Or is it just the wrong direction? Well, Agrippa is clearly filled with references to the classical period. So yes. Yes. It, it's by, it's by no means, uh, a strictly Abrahamic text by Mm-mm. any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. And I think we see that particularly also with Ficino and Bruno. Uh, so that's not an issue. I think the question comes in when someone wants to uh, work with the so-called Solomonic text. Uh, yes. Like the keys. And, and, yeah. And, and what most people don't get is that the Solomonic texts are not the 
they are not the pinnacle of Western magic. No, sir. In fact, they're they're pretty much on the low end. Yeah, I know they don't want to hear this. No, it's true. <laughs> the gr the grimoires the grimoires were composed primarily by lower level Roman Catholic clergy, who were exorcists, and realized that you could that which you could send away, you might be able to call and have it do something for you. Logically, yeah. So so you have that happening, and then later on. The Roman Church at some point decided that there was way too many, and I have copies of them, you know, you can look at it sometime, uh, just way too many variations, and there were several. I mean, you can find these. It's not rocket science. It's not hard to find. Variations in the process and procedure of exorcism, and then decided to formalize it with what we call the Roman Ritual. Oh, yeah. And I have to check the date on that. I really do. I, I think it's in the 17th century, like 16-something. But I don't know. I don't have it available to me. But that's where that tradition grows out of. Now, here's the, the question. Will that work for you if you're not necessarily Jewish or Christian? And I think that it probably will, but that you're going to have to make adjustments in your own psyche at some point. Because there's real serious questions about what you're going to be experiencing and what these entities are. And let me be very clear on this. If, if you're one of these folks who is kind of joking and mocking and sarcastic of... Uh, the church, the Roman church in particular, because that's where these come from, that's not going to serve you real well when you find yourself in trouble and now you've got to call on God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to get you out of it. Right. And they're like, so who are some, you? <laughs> right, yeah, well, yeah, now. So, so now the question is, do we have the freedom to change the names? Well, you know, of course you do. You have the freedom to go change your name right now. The question is... If, if you're going to change it, it's no longer that grimoire. No, it's, it's something no you've created. So, if you're going to go in and get an introduction to your local uh, gangster, and you have someone <laughs> with you, at least you have someone to intervene for you, or at least attempt to manage the relationship. If you don't have that person, and you go in on your own, well, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these these forces which we look at in the grimoires are, uh, it's it's very clear that at best they're indifferent to your welfare. Yes, and uh, and well they should be because they're treating it as um, something to command and control rather than approaching it as a relationship. And that's the other one. Yeah, it's you, if you looked at. If you look at some other practices, there has to be a relationship developed. Exactly. And they know you better than you know yourself. You see, they can see your, for lack of a better term, they can see your psychic dimension. So they know you better than you know yourself. All your and, flaws are on full display. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and, 
And some of them will be indifferent. Some of them will just be hostile. And some of them will be somewhere in between. And, and you don't know really which because you, you decided to do it yourself. That's sort of like being out in, in public or at, you know, at a venue with a lot of humans. You know, you're going to run across the same personality types in that in that situation and that you have to learn how to how to navigate that and how to deal with those people exactly it's so different just more powerful more yes. potent. so I guess, I guess the answer to to that is that yes you can but you, you still need a relationship over time before you need to call on them right Sure, and and you know you may have a relationship with your local loan shark, but you know, <laughs> not when yet. The, when the when the is due, it's due. Oh yeah, and they'll break your legs. Sonny's going to break a finger or a leg. Yeah, <laughs> he, he likes you, so he may give you a little more time. Yeah, mm. right, right. <laughs> that always tickles me with people. I'm like, you, you can't, you can't just approach something that you've never made a formal introduction to. And expect it to do anything for you. And then calling it by the wrong name. Why would they even bother to respond to you? I mean, if you called me Tiger, I mean, my name's Tay. I'm not going to respond to Tiger, you know? Well, the, part of it is intention, too, and, and yeah. names change over time. Um, but, again, are they how uh, – how uh, – precise they are for example in 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 vajrayana there are certain practices which are very similar to these goetic practices and i remember one uh the one lama you know you, you everyone gets taught a little bit of it just a little bit like a taste of it <laughs> but but because it's just part of the package but if you want to do the the full practice, and I've had many people say, look, and, and that, when I say people, I mean, you know, Tibetans, old school, really, literally the old school guys say, you know, the problem with this practice is that once you start, you cannot stop. Right. It becomes so. Weird. It's you understand this is a relationship and an agreement you've decided, and you have to do this every day. Because so in the in a monastery, you might have one person who does this; they're set aside, and then when they stop, someone else does it too. Otherwise, bad things happen. Right? There's the feeding of them. The you know yeah, the feeding. Bad things happen. Yeah. So if you if you don't believe that. That, that there's a possibility of really bad things happening, then you don't really believe that there's a possibility of really good things happening either, which means you really shouldn't be dealing with those things and just get away from it. Yes. And do, do something else. Now, in there, remember, that's a community practice in which you had access to people to do it, and you had a bunch of other people doing all sorts of other things as well to at least keep it to some degree in check. Um, we, along with this is this notion of, again, that's where the belief comes in. People don't really believe that this can work. Yeah, and I've noticed that. You yeah. know, they're like, well, it's very simple folk magic things, and, you know, you have to pour everything into it, and they just look at you, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a dearth of belief. Uh, 
honestly. Basic, basic, basic stuff. Yeah. And they, they, they don't have belief. They just want it to work like they're shaking a magic eight ball. This is not Charmed or Harry Potter people. Come on. And I think a lot of that Hollywood is to blame because I do. people's misinterpretation of what magic is. Well, here, let me let me look to those two examples, my favorite examples, because those, um, if you notice, the quantity of power that these unique individuals were able to conjure was a result of their genetic propensity. Uh. Okay, that's the other aspect people don't want to understand. There is a real profound uh, genetic aspect to this. I just was talking about this. Like and, two or three and, days ago. Yeah. You know, that's that's terribly uh, problematic for some folks. Now, if you look at alchemy and Kabbalah and uh, the Tantras in particular, they spend a lot of time on what's called the purification of the blood and the energies. And and that's uh, that then is something which is conceived of as being transferable to future generations. Now, again, you see that stated <laughs> in the notion of the so-called moon child uh, I think that uh, Crowley wrote a book on that, mm-hmm. um, the, yeah, mag- the magical magical conception. But you see it also within the, the various doctrines of uh, sexual magic in Tantra, where you conceive a special vehicle for special incarnation. Do you think incarnations have an effect as far as, I don't know, there just seems over the years a certain type of person um, that might have innate abilities. Might they, they may just be better at learning or better at the execution of practice. It's almost like they're born to it. I don't. I don't want to say that, but yeah, sure. You know, you know where I'm going yeah. with it. You You're know? built for it. Well, it's sort no, of like being I, built for physics. It's genetic. Well, I mean, just just yeah. that magic comes to them easier, or occult work or esoteric work comes to them easier than someone else it's almost i don't know if it's a, the um, has to do with the amount of lifetimes or incarnations or i don't know it just seems to be a certain type um that i've noticed over the years i don't, I don't know if there's any truth to that but well sure you have your you have your your predilections yeah now you look at different athletes okay and, and there's been tremendous studies on the physiology of athletes to understand you know, why do some run better? Why do some swim better? Uh, why do they lift better? Yeah. Okay. And and there's a genetic propensity or capacity. For example, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a good example. Uh, he was a tremendous bodybuilder, oh, but he wow. also had he also had a predetermined physiology or genetic capacity in terms of what we'll call just proportion. Yes. Okay. So. If he didn't have those proportions to begin with and the drive, all the effort in the world probably would not have bared the same level of fruit. But, so um, you see, you think it, it carries over not just from physicality, but from mentality too, like your, your they're, mental. They're, interto- yeah. they're yeah. intertwined. Yeah, yeah, I think they become intertwined. Yeah. I think it's genetic, so you, period. Yeah. You, ha- you, have a, you have a potentiality that you may or may not actualize. Okay, we call it, you know, physiologically, and you have a potentiality, which you may or may not actualize, and we'll call that in a general term, psychically or intellectually, mm-hmm. or what have you. Okay? Yeah. 
and, and all of these come together for some level of actualization, and we call that your life. Hmm. Okay? Your life. And, you know, no matter how much I study, as I said to someone once, I said, you understand, it, I remember saying to someone once, I said, at this point in my life, you see, this is where we don't begin to understand limits either. We, we, anyone can do anything. You can be whatever you want, all this stuff. No, you can't. No. I said, at, at this point in my life, it's easier for me to become president of the United States than it is to become a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I get I said, that. Okay. And, and you understand exactly what I mean. Yeah. They, they didn't get it. I said, I had to explain to them, well, I need this to get into medical school. I need this preliminaries. I need this to get through. I need this amount of money. Yeah. All the pieces. I need all the pieces to line up. It's easier for me to run for my, my, even on the state Senate. Yeah. It's just easier. And at some point, you know, you have to, you have to deal with aging too. And the aging mind doesn't retain, you know, the way that it used to. And then how do you, you know, and even if you can't get around that through a variety of supplements and practices, which there's reason to believe you can, I've seen people very sharp well into their 80s, that's an effort that you have to undertake. That's a step that you have to then recognize that arc of of practice. So we, when we look at people uh, and give them suggestions on their path, it's, it's good to have a very strong foundation, a basic foundation, which is why we have our course Unfolding the Rose, and it's free. And then we can help guide you to other courses. But Speaking of which, Mark, I want to stop yeah. you there. Is there some way to break that up? Um, it shows that it plays in segments, but it won't play that way. It'll, yeah. It, yeah. It's just playing the full six, what, six hours or so? Yeah. 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 Well, we're working on that because we're going to be transferring – over the, this year, a lot of our stuff off Teachable. We have a new a new website being constructed where we Excellent. can get all of our all of our platforms under one roof. Because I would like to just play that in pieces for people to kind of get them, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. I love it. It's good. It's just giving that to somebody they feel overwhelmed with. <laughs> it's like six hours or so, and then they're like, "I don't have six hour drive." They usually listen to it in their car. You know, hey, well, you know, su- suck it up, hit pause, come back to it. <laughs> or you know what? Or here. Oh, Mark's get on a camel a and travel yes. across Don't the desert. Mm-hmm. That's it. Stop being a wuss. Oh, my God. This oh, hit the pause get on, button. You'll oh get God. on a plane and fly to India. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cheap. Right. Yeah, you don't even have... And you don't even have indoor toilets where you're going to go. Okay, good. And you'll complain to me about a six-hour free audio. Well, right? Okay. It's free, but, damn you. Yeah. But let's go back to the problems. You see? <laughs> I knew I could get him stirred up. Yeah. No, and it's, cool. it's funny. I wish I'd have had this when I flew to Hawaii. It would have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need to complain uh, we were, there's not enough. Yeah, right? There's only six hours. Damn it. Come on. I had a layover in Salt Lake City. I could have used this for those weird guys. Oh, my God. Well, people always uh, complain about something. <laughs> it's yeah. every day. We I feel like I feel like I'm in The Sims or some shit. 300 tarot decks in the store. Do you have this obscure fucking independent thing? That- <laughs> no. No. We have no. 300 others, though. Maybe you can find something. I don't know. 
We got 300, and most of them artistic craft designed to sell. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yes, there again. pick this one. <laughs> exactly. Oh my and God. Then, then you throw it at them, you know. So, <laughs> as it, it spins like a shirkin into their forehead. Just don't, just, just don't ask about stones. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's awesome. So we had we had talked about some uh, predictions. predictions. I know I, I read yours for uh, twenty three, and wow, wow, <laughs> spot on. <laughs> yeah, kind of nailed it, didn't he? <laughs> what, uh, what have you got for twenty twenty four? Anything? Uh, hopefully, <coughs> hopefully, good news because last year fucking sucked. What about this age of altruism? I keep hearing so much about Mark. Come on. I don't have any good news for you. No, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even I didn't even bother to do a chart for 2024. Just crush my dreams, Mark. What? Stick a fork in it. <laughs> Stick a fork in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is kind of the the problem is that people come to me for predictions and forecasts, and uh, I. Uh, I try to tell them that this is to give you a guidance so that you do something. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of folks just don't do anything. And I've told you for years, form a local group. That's I why I don't read cards to, anymore, Mark. That's yeah. why. <laughs> form a local group. Learn to know who your friends are. Get out of the left-wing progressive politics in focus on your own development. That's what you need to do because – the future is very easy to see if you have half your brain working. Okay, and I, I know that sounds rough, but this is the reality. And I spend a lot of time talking to people in media, talking to people in industry. People, you know, they come to me, okay, and forecasters, people who do this for a living, who do. I've, I've spent this last year, I've talked to quite a few people, you know, in their careers have given presidential briefings. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so this is so this isn't stuff I'm just making up, and I tell oh, no. people, and they just sit there and don't act, and and therein lies the issue. You have to act, and what you need to do is you need to get one or two or three good disciplines under your belt, stop eating the junk food, lose weight, and get healthy. Check check okay. check. Yeah. Check, check, check. We checked those because, boxes this year. Yeah. <laughs> right. You got to do this and you have to learn how to work well with others because the future is constriction. Yeah. yeah. The, age of, the age of Aquarius is the age of Saturn. That means restriction. Things are going to get more expensive and they're going to get more local. And we saw that with COVID and it's only going to continue in that direction. So, if you want to build something, you have to build something for yourself, for your children and your grandchildren. And now that's the key point right there. This isn't about you as an individual. I, I don't know most of the people listening to this, and I don't really care. No. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Mark. I love you for that. <laughs> because, because this... I don't give a shit. <laughs> this, no, I, I don't. <laughs> Because, um, you know, it's why, why, you know, I'm trying to tell you no different than, hey, look, look, you know, cross on the green, not in between. Okay. So if if you don't want to cross on the green, it's not my problem. But, but if you get hit by a car, 
don't expect me to come running back to help you. Now, no, I probably no. will. I told you not you to. See, but I told you not to. <laughs> no. and, 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 and this is this is where we're at with so many people on this journey is you have to learn to integrate and play well with others. And that means to follow directions. I think you learned that really well in the public setting. You are in the public a lot. Um, is that it's, you know, there's an us or them being preached in the media. Uh, you're yes. either with us or you're against us. It's us or them. And when you get out here and you sit down and you have these conversations with local people, you fall in love with local people. And you go, oh, my God, we all have the same hopes, the same dreams. Yep. And we're all very hopeful for the next, well, with me, it's seven generations. It's very least that I try to think about when I'm plotting something out. so And regardless of affiliation. Yeah, regardless of affiliation. Matter. I don't care what your it. politics are. I don't care what your religion is. Yeah. You know, are you are you a good person? Um, are we having a good conversation? Can we work together? Exactly. Well, and, and that's it. You notice I, I don't tell anybody particularly or specifically what to do. I, I leave that up to them to maybe figure out and move through because you may move through different experiences. But... At the end of the day, you have to learn to work well with others and uh, formulate community. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to have, you know, the governments aren't going to give you utopia. Governments no. are good at, or are, governments are very good at one thing. And again, if you haven't studied history, then you don't know this. And they're very good at killing large amounts of their own citizens. Yes, they are, and they do it quite honestly all the time. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're expecting a government, whether it's a, you know a worldwide government, some utopian vision like that, uh, which was which was fed down our throats for probably fifty, sixty years. Oh of, my God, of, I know of contemporary spirituality. Or you're looking for your government to do something. Uh, you you haven't recognized that the systems, unfortunately, are very broken. Mm -hmm. Well, they're aimed at so, they're aimed at population control, as far as I can see. And even when you change the people, yeah, and every, oh, we're, we're off to a great start. We've got new faces, <laughs> and it, it just eventually goes right back to where it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and and there's a lot of complexities behind that. So you have to then say, I as a person here, wherever here happens to be, what am I capable of doing? And you have to be honest in your self assessment. Yeah. What am I not capable of doing? This is a honest self assessment. What do I want to achieve? You have to be honest in that. And then where can I reach out to other people? Can be two, three, four, five, whatever. And where can we get together and begin to make part of this happen? Not all of it, but part of it. Yeah. At least and be some of the solution. Be some of the solution. Yeah. And then your magical ritual is going to take off. Then your capacity is going to take off. Because the universe... Uh, what I will call that the universe, the psychic dimension of this terra firma, of this sublunary realm, um, it doesn't owe you anything, it doesn't care, it's indifferent. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you, you got to recognize you and maybe 20 other million people on any given Wednesday night, or 60 million people on a given Wednesday night. Are all praying to win the, the Powerball, right? <laughs> Head more right, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wh why is it that someone does or doesn't? Well, we know why. It's it's karma, the, the accumulation of a certain amount of energy or juice. But that's not 
it, you know, it, that's not the way to spend your life. Shouldn't be your retirement plan, folks. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hope is not hope is not a strategy. No. Mm. In in uh, I know this sounds harsh, but when when you have to really grasp the severe degree of restriction that is happening is going to continue to happen over the next few years, and, and probably reach out uh, another twenty, uh, particularly with the population decline that will happen. And that population decline is going to happen for a variety of reasons, but particularly because if you look at the current generation, that is those in their 20s into their early 30s, for the most part, and it's mostly, you know, the college educated ones, but for the most part, they're not having children. And when that, you know, when that ledge hits, we're going to see a drop-off in people. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be very thrilled about that, and, and this is neither here nor there, but you need a certain amount of people to continue functioning on the, the level of technology that we have. I mean, you, and you need smart people, not just any number of people, because people aren't interchangeable. Right. You, know, you, need edu- you need people who are educated along certain lines, and you need certain educational degrees, to keep the technological society moving forward. Now, that's why you see a lot of emphasis on robotics. Because with robotic technology, uh, we can essentially get away without large numbers of people. Now, that does mean that those who remain are more valuable, particularly if you're able to repair that technology. Because as someone pointed out to me, you know, we can easily have, you know, cruisers, that is the U.S. Navy, have cruisers uh, running around the, the Pacific, uh, you know, sinking pirates, mm-hmm. which is an essential part of why we have the cheap stuff we have. Most people don't understand this. A large part of the U.S. Navy's purpose is to control the sea lanes against piracy. That way, uh, uh, shipping vessels no longer need armed escort like they did 200 years ago. Yeah. Or 150 years well, at least ago. They're still using them now. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. But as we see a return to that armed escort, uh, such as in the Persian Gulf, yeah. you know, your prices go up. And that means those cheap uh, you know, Chinese-made Tibetan statues, uh, you know, it costs 10 times as much to transport them to your altar. Yeah. Exactly. they got to make so it by the, Somalia the, first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they got to get by Somalia. So... <laughs> When when you look at that, you can send cruisers out there and have them run by AI, artificial intelligence, but they can't repair themselves. You need human beings on board to repair battle damage. Right. So these are part of the questions as we move into the future. Not only how many people will will there be, what will their function be, um, how will they do things. One of the things to keep in mind is that – we're probably going to see a dramatic drop-off unless there's, and I know people in the industry, okay? <laughs> so unless there, unless there are dramatic changes technologically, uh, we're probably going to see a big drop-off in what we call renewable energy. So that means uh, solar power uh, and wind power in particular. And it has to do with not only the cost of production, but also the inavailability of capital for that production. And, and they're also, it's, it's, it's expensive. 
I mean, we'd all like energy that doesn't have a carbon footprint, but one of the biggest carbon footprints is renewable energy. Because yeah, because things, of the batteries. Yeah. The batteries and they die. Look at, just look at the, what they call the uh, graveyards of solar panels or the graveyards of windmills. Or the full oh, yeah. parking lots of uh, EVs. Well, they, right, EVs. they had the big right. EV push, you know, over the last couple of years, and oh, we're going to be all electric, and now you're seeing a complete rejection by consumers of yeah. electric vehicles because well, those that did buy them, them my goodness, because they can't afford them, they yeah. can't afford them, and and even though they lower the price now, you know, if you price the changing of a Tesla battery, good night. <laughs> I'd rather get my oil changed, yeah. you know, uh, and it may not be as on the surface environmentally conscious, but when you're talking about the battery production and stuff, it's actually worse. It is. And, yeah. and yeah. it's, and, and we, and you can show it, you can prove it. Yeah. And, and, and that's where we look into things where we look at things being turned into religions as the old religions go away. We look at environmentalism. It's yeah. an ism. It's a, it's a religion, not environmental science. Everything's you know, a damn ism anymore. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and here in northeastern Pennsylvania, I, I drive by the, the scars, the industrial scars of, of mining every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my wife teaches this stuff, and there's a big difference between a science and an ism. And the an ism is always the emotional appeal without actually looking at the numbers. And uh, electric cars is the perfect example of that. Yeah. You know, it's and and there's so a terrible we, amount of slavery involved in the retrieval for the minerals to to create those batteries. When they're inherently dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You, you hear firefighters talking about you know a lot of them aren't prepared to deal with uh, Tesla or any manufacturer's uh, electric vehicle fire. It's, it's hard to put the fire out. It has to burn itself out. And then what? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to look at that and recognize, you know, we also have a generation, going back to, to the current generation, who um, they're graduating when they do graduate from college, if they didn't go to technical school. Uh, even if they went to the, maybe they went to the wrong tech school, too. And I don't mean to say wrong, but there are some private technical institutes which are very expensive and uh, some of them are very good uh, some of them aren't uh, and um, there were efforts to rein them in a little bit but if you are going to go to technical school you, you need to look at the cost of your student loans the the placement issues uh, take careful look you're really better off making that decision when in high school and going to Local Votech is great. Local Community College, by the way, Luzerne County Community College has spectacular, very affordable uh, technical programs. And I, I can't say that enough to folks. Go to your community college oh, yeah. and get your tech degree there. Yeah. You're going to save a ton of money. You're going to be dealing with really people who know how to do this stuff. You're going to get a good education for your, for your and time a, and your time. And a great job waiting for you. And they know the locals. You know, and so great, they can help you with placement. That's right. And a great job waiting for you. Whereas you, you look at a lot of folks who are graduating from school. Uh, they're coming out with uh, twenty to 40000 in debt. At that least. Means not oh, gonna, yeah. At least. That means they're not going to buy a car. <laughs> no. They're not going to buy a house. Nope. And They're not going to the have cost, children. They can't afford it. Yeah. And yeah. you see, and all that, all that adds up. So when we arc this 10, 15 years down the road... We can then predict fairly accurately what kind of collapse is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you you don't wait for that to happen. You know, you have to plan around it. And um, probably the biggest thing that we see going on in the country now uh, is a great deal of mental programming coming out of the media about the United States as an entity ceasing to exist. And I have to tell you how dangerous that is because it goes back to what I said. If the United States as an organized entity ceases to exist and Western civilization as we know, because that will also include Europe, Western Europe collapses into this uh, dystopian civil war fantasy that they keep pumping into the, into the psychic uh, atmosphere. Um, there's not going to be a lot of there's not going to be a lot of hope <laughs> well yeah for, they've, they've, for even a century. Got a, they've even got a movie, movie coming out next or this year yeah and if, in, and if you pay attention to who's making money off that <sighs> yeah this this is a this is a regular theme with that yeah. production company. Oh, really? Yeah. So you you look at that. Uh, it's the same company that produced the one um, that's on Netflix now. The the what is it? The, the world we left behind. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Which is funny because if you want to understand that movie, just skip ahead to Kevin Bacon on the porch. Yeah, it was or, great. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best scene. That's. Well, and, and the question there is, to the, is, he, is he telling us reality? That's the question people ask. Is he telling us the truth? Are, are these people, and, and you know, when I, one of the fellows I spoke to, uh, I'm not going to say who he was because uh, you, you'd immediately know him, uh, huge, hugely uh, well-known for his research and role over the last four to eight years in uh, social media and algorithms. Mm. And we had a conversation for an upcoming book that he's working on, on how to not be controlled. (laughs) So so he's he's writing and and we had a conversation and at one point after the recording stopped, I said, so so tell me, what is it you really want to talk about? And the the amount of it's like the 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 amount of sheer insanity that's coming out of the Silicon Valley types. Yeah. Like you just if I didn't hear this from people I know and trust, and who I, many of them who I've known for years, but this fellow, of course, was new. Uh, and I tell you, his credentials impeccable. I just I would think this is just crazy, but they are obsessed with several things. Uh, one of them is their immortality. Yeah. So if they can't get it through uh, transplanting consciousness and cyborgs, they want to try and get it through better living through better chemistry. And this obsession that you've seen in the last two to four two years probably over transitioning children, particularly without their parents' consent. And I've been very adamant about this. 
I don't care what an adult does to themselves, but physiologically, a person should not make a decision that involves the removal of anatomical parts before the age of 25. And the reason being is their brain, the development that goes on in their brain between the ages of 18 and 22 is staggering. And emotionally, your emotional development doesn't really stabilize till about 28 or 30. That's what I was going to ask. I, I thought I remembered that because I was, look, I have, a, you know, I have kind of a little bit of experience with seeing this, this whole emotional breakdown in women. I am a woman, by the way. Um, and, and I don't think that we can rationalize things until we get past biological brain, you know, and so it worries me that it, you know, that, that it stunts you in some way. Well, well, what's happening is what you're not seeing is the buyer's regret. And I don't want to get distracted from my original point. But, you know, uh, I know a lot of folks who said, you know, you, you just you lose your license if you talk about that. But yeah. here's the thing. For these folks who are doing this and, and encouraging it, I mean, your, your children and teenagers basically become a Petri dish, an experimental Petri dish on the effects of, uh, long-term, uh, you know, ingestion of, of, you know, hormones over decades. Now, who benefits from that? Well, first of all, not your kids, not the people who it's done to, very few of them. Some may, but very few. And then where does that data go? And, and these folks who want to live forever, I mean, that's part of their idea is I need a long-term ingestion of youth-enhancing hormones. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. If I can't, if I can't transfer my consciousness into this cyborg robot like Westworld, then I need it, it's it. And these are things that I mean, if you or I were to talk about them, uh, people would think that we're either writing a science fiction novel, or if we took it seriously, we either better be geniuses or we're crazy. Yeah. What you have here is people with a great deal of money, a great deal of wealth. Um, who have very little, let's say, conscience. Yeah. Uh, very little perception beyond the immediate, but they're very intelligent. They're very smart, aggressive. Okay. So don't don't write them off. Don't underestimate people like that. And um, well, that's it. I mean, that's why most of them, they, they, for, if you saw the one documentary, most of the folks involved in high tech don't let their kids on it. They limit their screen time, and they're sending their kids to Steiner schools. Yeah. Now, that's, that, tell, that should tell you a lot right there. It does, and I met some parents the other day. I'm really proud of them. Their, their child has never watched TV. How old do you think she was, like five or six? Oh, it was older now. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't allow. It. They don't allow her anywhere near it. It's like the drug dealer that doesn't use his own product. Yeah, he's <laughs> exactly. smart. He knows what it does to you. You start taking your own, yeah. taking your own shit, then yeah. you're, you're you're one of the junkies. Yeah, pretty much. Well, one, one of the problems is is as a, a local uh, one of the uh, local doctor uh, whose degree was in uh, neurology uh, said to me, "Well, you know, in in, in ten years we're all going to be autistic." And, 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 and what she meant by that was that, you know, autism is essentially a communication disorder. Mm-hmm. And the capacity to communicate and to think is constantly being disrupted by screen time. That's very and, true. And I, and I can see it in the college-age generation, which is 
they're, they're fundamentally stupid. And, and I mean that uh, in, in the most generous way. Because you have some who are exceptions. John is and dying this, over here. <laughs> well, well here, here's the problem. This is what people really need to wrap their head around. Yeah. And I use the word bifurcation. You're seeing a bifurcation between those who are capable and have always been capable and will always be capable, those who aren't, and those who could be capable if given assistance. Yeah. So the people who could be capable if given assistance – they're not getting it. And you see that in the schools where they, they want to get rid of um, a lot of educational programming. They want to get rid of grades and stuff and high stuff. But those who are going to do well, the smart ones, they're going to do well anyhow because of natural inclination and family environment. So you have a widening of the gap. This is critical. You have a widening of the intelligence gap. You have a widening of the opportunity gap. You have a widening of the economic gap. And what you're also going to see as a result of that is a widening of the technology gap where those who have access to technology and those who don't. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You know, it's I used to joke, and this is back probably in the 90s, and I'd say, you know, some people are so stupid that they need an app that will tell them when to breathe in and breathe out. And guess what we have now? <laughs> Apps that tell you to breathe in and breathe out. Oh, I missed the bus. I could have been wealthy. <laughs> Relax. Relax and breathe. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any good news for the year? Yeah, please. Is everything doom and gloom? <laughs> Nothing for the shiny happy? People don't talk to me for good news. <laughs> Let's just put that right out there right now. Oh. Well, I think the good news is that you've heard this, which means now you're responsible for your lives and you can do something about it. You know, I mean, that's the good news. Here's the and good that, news. That Get it, off your ass. All right, Hermes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if you were wondering if you were crazy, no, you weren't. You, you just may not have had the words for it. You may not have had the... The, the information right. that allows yeah. you to contextualize it. I think a lot of people know things aren't quite working. They just don't have um, the words or the history or the language to, to put it in. So they, so they get a little nervous or anxious about it. And then when they try to talk to people about it, the people around them don't have, have it either. So either they agree with them and it's still an emotional process which we've said it's not good here emotions are a good start they're a poor finish uh, right think of it always that way it's good to start something because of a feeling you know like you're feeling this is great i want to do this maybe yeah. this is not i want to leave that's a great start but it's a poor finish you, you need to have something you can point to for your efforts at the end uh, and that includes spiritual practice you yeah. need to say okay i'm 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 more calm. I'm better at decision making. I'm better disciplined. <laughs> better, I'm better disciplined. Uh, I get along well with others, more better with others. Uh, I can point to all these benefits, and I know myself. Yeah, I understand my strengths and weaknesses better, and I'm and I I seek to enhance my strengths, and I seek to overcome my weaknesses. An honest look at the self. Yes. Yeah. So self-assessment this time of year, an honest self-assessment is, is, is the best thing to do and, and let that help guide your path. Because really that's what teachers, spiritual teachers help you do is they, they're just helping you to assess yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can see from their perspective 
in their experience where you're at because they were there at one point likely right yeah and know yeah, the struggle yeah 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 and um, the struggle is freaking real <laughs> it really is yeah. well, we're, we're uh getting close to almost an hour and a half mark oh okay so <laughs> it was a great conversation i appreciate you uh taking time out of your schedule to to talk to us again we love having you on well, I'm glad he's, you know, as long as no one's, you know, drinking whiskey this early in the morning. <laughs> oh, come on, Mark. What's wrong with that? There might have been a few, few uh, coffee drinkers spit, spitting across the table. Did you put it in your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Always. I put it in my coffee. That makes it okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> little brown sugar, little whipped cream. You're good. You're good. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, the future is what you as an individual are going to make of it. And what, who you're going to engage in making that future with. So that's why I say, I say it again and again each time. Get together with two or three people, four or five, six people. Yeah. Form a group. Meet once or twice a month. Have a goal. Have a system. It's nice if you could do it as part of a tradition. It's, if you can't have a tradition or don't have one, and I use that term loosely, at least have a, a process or a method. You know where you're you're able to build over time, not just do topic of the week, and, yeah, and, right. and get distracted. Uh, have a direction that you're going in, and uh, and build that, and build that not just for yourself, but build that for your children and grandchildren. Absolutely. And so I've, that in t- yeah, so ten years, twenty, thirty years from now, there's going to be new people in that group, and you know that they're there because of what you and others did and and they're going to understand the importance of passing something on because one of the reasons we're going to enter this terrible time of restriction is because the the hippie generation you know inherited a great deal of opportunity and wealth and they pissed it away oh yes And they pissed it away on themselves and they're without any concern for the future. Now, not all of them. I can tell you that for certain. Not all of them. No, some of them were great. Absolutely fantastic teachers and artists. Yeah. But far too many just wasted it in self-indulgence. And now, as they come to the end of their lives... They're, and I say this quite literally because I know them, and I see it over and over again, and I hear it from friends over and over. They're bankrupt. Uh, they're, you know, they're bankrupt, and they have, and they're they're giving nothing but their children and grandchildren, uh, bills and burdens. Yes, seen a lot now, of that. Yep. You don't want to be that. No. You want to pass on wealth to your children and grandchildren. And that wealth is wealth of money, because that's the energy of this world. You want to pass on wealth of experience, because that's information and wisdom. You want to pass on wealth of knowledge or technique, that is how to do. And you want to pass on the wealth of self-confidence and experience so that they can move forward in their lives and continue the building process. I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a perfect ending to that. And I think the caveat on the whole, the takeaway here is learn how to work with one another. Learn how to, yeah. you know, accept the differences and see the beauty in that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So I 
Thank you very much, Mark. We really appreciate you. And uh, you want to give a shout out to the Institute while you're here? Just uh, Institute for Hermetic Studies. You can find us easily with Google. We have a huge amount of classes on our Teachable platform. And uh, just Google us uh, if you need an email address, info at hermeticinstitute.org. And uh, that's all. Just go see us and look at some of our videos on uh, YouTube as well and enjoy. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Hang on, Mark. We'll be right back after uh, the outro. Thank you. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of In the Weeds, and we hope you didn't have to pick too much pucker brush off your cloak after visiting with us here. If you liked the episode, please follow, subscribe, and share. And if you're really kind, leave a positive review. Be sure to tune in next week as we publish a new episode weekly. If you're in the area, stop by the store and see us. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.